This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. What does the future of customer experience look like, especially with generative AI? I think it's going to change a lot. And yeah, sometimes I go on the show and I talk about my thoughts and my feelings, but today we're going to be talking about not just new technology, but even some technology that's getting announced today that I think is going to greatly shape the future of how we interact with brands, products, and services that we love. So we're going to talk about that today and more on Everyday AI. This is your daily live stream podcast and free daily newsletter, helping everyday people like you and me, not just learn what's going on in the world of generative AI, but how we can all actually leverage it uh, to grow our companies and to grow our careers. And we're going to have some very practical and actionable use cases of that today. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to have um, the head of content and creative marketing for DID. I'd say one of the most uh, creative and unique players in the generative AI space. But before we get to that, let's start as we always do with going over what's happening in the world of AI news. So the Biden administration is one step closer toward writing guidelines for AI policy. So the National Institute of Standards and Technology, the NIST, announced yesterday that it is seeking input from AI companies and the public on generative AI risk management in reducing AI-generated misinformation. So Biden's October executive order on AI prompted this effort to develop industry standards and enable America to continue leading in responsible development and use of artificial intelligence. Uh, Also, the use of external red teaming, which involves simulating potential risks via red teams, is being explored as a tool for identifying novel AI risks. Next, uh, a new study is showing AI could add billions of dollars to the racial wealth gap in the U.S., so uh, a new report from McKinsey showed that generative AI could add up to $43, $43 billion annually to the racial wealth gap and automate half of jobs that don't require a four-year degree. Uh, this also showed that obviously uh, black workers are at a higher risk of job loss and face systematic biases in accessing housing, credit, and jobs due to AI. So uh, make sure to check out the, the daily newsletter for reading more on that story. Also, last but not least... AI cannot be named an inventor, and that's according to a new ruling from a UK court. Uh, This decision reflects an ongoing debate uh, around the rights and protections of machines as AI continues to advance in various fields. Uh, The court reaffirms that only natural persons can be considered inventors under the UK Patents Act of 1977. Uh, So the AI expert that's kind of at the heart of this case, we've talked about him on the show before, uh, Stephen Thaler, has made similar arguments in other countries with some successes in South Africa and Australia. But in his case, uh, in this case, and he has been rejected and also by the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, So we always have way more going on in the world of AI news. Uh, So make sure if you haven't already, go to youreverydayai.com and sign up for that free daily newsletter. Um, But you're probably tuning in today to hear about the next era of customer experience. So uh, I'm I'm extremely excited uh, to to bring someone on that's really helping uh, build that and shape that um, in the industry today. So please, without further ado, help me welcome to the show, Ron Friedman, the head of content and creative marketing at DID. Ron, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, Pleasure to be here, Jordan. Um, Thanks for for having me on. And and let me just assure you and the viewers, 
I'm an actual person, not an avatar. Although we'll be speaking a lot about avatars, uh, I guess, uh, during this conversation. That's that's a great point, Ron, because, you know, in theory, we probably could have done this avatar to avatar, right? Uh, and, and, and maybe that's the future. But before we even dive into that, maybe just give everyone, for, for those that aren't familiar, can you just tell us a little bit about uh, TID, what the product is, what it does? And for those of you joining the live stream, I'm going to be throwing up uh, some different things from their website. But if you're listening on the podcast, don't worry. You can always uh, come back and look at the show notes and watch. But Ron, maybe just walk us a little bit through what DID is and what it does. My pleasure. Yeah. So DID is a, a, a tech company. We've been in uh, generative AI uh, since 2017, uh, before the term generative AI was even a thing. Um, you know, kind of uh, just just that in itself. Um, you know, I remember it was about probably a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, we, the, the concept was out, right? Uh, Midjourney had just come out and the stable diffusion and ChatGPT was around the corner. And it was like, what are we calling this technology? synthetic media, uh, um, digital media. And then I remember the, the headline, the New York Times uh, uh, called it uh, Generative AI's Coming Out Party. And it was that was it. You know, once uh, the, the gray lady, as uh, the New York Times is known, kind of gave it a, gave the, the industry a name. Um, that's it. We, we became a generative AI company. Uh, but in truth, um, that's something we've been doing uh, since 2017. Um, what we do, okay, uh, those of you uh, who are watching, you can see on the screen, we've got images of people. Um, and what our technology really does is take those images and uh, through text-to-speech, uh, turns them into uh, videos of talking avatars. Um, again, uh, those who are, are viewing the site, you can see there's, there's several ways that we do it. There's several types of avatars. Um, I'm guessing people who are, you know, following the AI space and familiar, have come across these. Um, you've seen them in uh, um, kind of mashup videos, popular culture. Uh, we've seen them definitely in, in learning and development uh, uh, areas. Uh, but now we're seeing it more and more in business use cases and uh, particularly uh, customer experience, which you know, we're going to be talking about today. Um, the studio was uh, launched uh, just over a year ago. Um, and basically what, what we allow or what we enable is anybody who wants, uh, go to studio.did.com, um, sign in. It's a, it's a free trial. You can kind of test out the, uh, the platform and you can uh, create your own avatar or choose one of the existing ones, decide what you want it to say. Um, and, you know, within a minute, you've got a video of that uh, digital person uh, speaking the text you want. Um, you know, some exciting, exciting aspects of it is that, you know, these avatars can speak any languages, right? We have like 120 different languages in, uh, uh, in the studio you can choose from. So you enter a text in Spanish, the avatar will speak Spanish. You enter a text in uh, Arabic, the avatar will speak Arabic, etc. Um, a, a wide variety of uh, appearances, right? So there's an existing bank of avatars where um, it's characters of every age, race, uh, um, skin color, uh, nationality. Um, but what's even cooler is that you can create your own avatar based on a single image. So in addition to the, the existing bank, which is very rich, you can uh, upload an image. It can be of yourself. It can be of uh, a friend of yours. It can be an image you created in uh, an image generator. As long as um, the software can recognize a human face, um, we can take that and, and, and make it speak. Um, sorry, uh, we get this uh, uh, often. We can't do animals. Um, 
unless unless they're very human looking animals um the algorithm just doesn't recognize the face patterns and we can't get them to talk yeah you, you know ron maybe uh as we get a little bit more into did and agents um i i do want to talk a little bit about because i'm sure people have this question on like okay this sounds like a like a fun technology really cool but i mean there's actual like business use cases for using this technology. Uh, can you talk a little bit uh, in, in just even just about the technology at large, right? Because obviously you have different products, different offerings uh, right. at EID, but what are some actual business use cases uh, for technology like this? Right. So at its very core, it's, it's taking an image and making it speak. Um, I think the main uh, pain point that we're, we're trying to solve is, is, uh, production, right? Uh, you're you're in uh, media. Uh, remember, you saying it used to be in journalism. Um, same here. Uh, we know what it costs to um, put a, set up a production, right? You need a camera crew, lighting, sound, uh, design, makeup, talent, people to deliver the message. Um, you know, if you're creating a, 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 an online course or a marketing presentation or a product uh, walkthrough. Uh, all these uh, uh, business needs for video. So uh, we make that very easy uh, to produce, again, within within minutes and in multiple languages so it can suit any audience. Um, so, you know, that's that's one. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just cutting costs, um, the ability to animate any image you know, kind of adds to that because suddenly you don't need a human to do it. You can, you can have an alien uh, deliver the presentation. You can have a, a, a robot deliver the presentation. Again, as long as the software can uh, uh, recognize a face, uh, we can make it speak. So, um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, cost savings there um, and a lot of flexibility, right? You can, uh, um, within minutes, translate your presentation from English to Japanese if, uh, if you have clients there. Um, you can... Um, change the setting, you can uh, uh, embed these videos kind of in, in any video uh, uh, content that you want. Um, and that's just the video part before we've even started talking about kind of the interactive part uh, where agents come in. Yeah. And, and, and maybe let's start to talk about this. And hey, as a reminder, for those of you joining, joining us live, what do you want to know? Uh, you, you know, from uh, from Ron and just about the future of, of how we use, you know, generative AI avatars in business. This is a great opportunity to, to get those questions answered. But Ron, maybe maybe just talk us a little bit through about what an AI agent is, especially how you're you're creating them at DID, because I think there's obviously differences. And, you know, even when you talk about AI agents, it can mean many different things. So in this use case right. with DID, what is an agent? All right, so um, I'm sure your audience is familiar with uh, GPTs, uh, custom GPTs. Um, so it's very similar to that. Basically, um, when you go to the studio, you create an agent, um, you choose the appearance, and again, you can either either choose from the existing ones or uh, upload an image of your own. You choose a, a name for it. You give it a you select a voice. Again, many many uh, voices, natural sounding voices, synthetic voices. Um, you, know, uh, you can go through uh, for hours just listening. All right, that's exactly the one I want. Uh, but that's where it gets interesting. So you created the avatar that's gonna uh, 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 you're gonna speak to, uh, but now it's the time where you want to start educating, so to speak. So uh, uh, there's a process of uh, prompting. Um, you tell the avatar how it should function. So, for example, if I want a, a technical support agent. Uh, then I'll tell it, hey, you are 
uh, technical support agent for Acme company or uh, any company you like. Um, this is the product that you're an expert on. This is the way you should answer. You should be friendly. You should be outgoing. You should be uh, uh, pleasant and cheerful. You should be inquisitive. Um, kind of describe what it should spot, talk about, what it shouldn't uh, uh, talk about. If you don't know the answer, what you should do. Uh, a, a, a pretty basic uh, short prompt. Um, and then the next stage is you want to start feeding it uh, uh, knowledge. And that's, that's where the similarities to GPTs come in because you can upload uh, PDF documents. You can upload text. You can upload uh, uh, PowerPoint presentations. Um, we're still in uh, uh, beta mode, but uh, soon you'll also be able to include a URL. And, and that provides the knowledge base that your agent is going to respond on. It's a you know, very quick and easy four or five minute process. Click generate and, and, and that's it. You've got an agent that is an expert on the knowledge base that you've given and behaves as you requested it to. And that's it. You're off to the race. You can start chatting with it. Now, we all know what it's like to chat um, with ChatGPT or, or other uh, uh, large language models. Here, the, 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 the difference is you're actually having a conversation with another digital person, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you speak to it as I'm speaking to you, um, and then it answers you also in its voice and with the face moving um kind of resembling uh, as much as possible today, uh, a face-to-face -face conversation with a different human. Yeah. Technology is wild, y'all. Like, I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> to, to, to be able to experience this a little more. Uh, already a great question from uh, Mauricio coming in. So uh, asking, can people use this DID agent to act as an example, as an influencer or content creator to take over an Instagram account? Or maybe even just saying, like, uh, can, can people use this to create kind of an, an avatar for their brand that can, yeah, act for them on social media? Absolutely. Uh, Jordan, I urge you. Um, take all the uh, transcripts from your last 170 uh, uh, shows, uh, feed them into DID Agent, upload an image of yourself. Uh, um, you can also, obviously, uh, uh, clone voice and, you know, prompt it to answer as Jordan Wilson with your knowledge base. And I'm not saying it's going to be a replacement. Uh, uh, you're one of a kind, but uh, you can, you know, put that up on your website uh, um, and have your users ask you questions, engage with you. Um, and again, the, the, the better the quality of the prompt is and the better the knowledge base that you're, you're giving it, uh, the more it's going to resemble an actual person. So influencers, uh, we're talking about service uh, providers, can, you know, can be a, a, a digital sales representative, it can be an insurance agent, it can be a, a, a fashion advisor. And again, the, the sky's the limit. It's up to your imagination what you feed into it in terms of the knowledge base and how you want it to behave. Um, you know, there's the, the, really the sky's the limit and um, you know, it opens up a lot of exciting opportunities. You know, Ron, I'm, I'm looking forward to what happens next, right? Because when you think about the, the concept of, you know, chatting with someone that's not human, right? It, it goes back a long ways, right? Like Intercom, I think, came out in, you know, 2011. So, you know, there's been chatbots and, and things right. like that for, for a decade now. Um, is this where the industry as a whole may be headed? So instead of even, you know, talking with, you know, smart AI bots, in the future, will we just be talking with AI avatars in video in real time? Um, well, you know, it kind of goes to, to a, a larger question. Um, and the way we like to frame it is 
you know, we as human beings are literally hardwired to respond to other faces, to, to, to see people's um, facial expressions, body language. That's, that's the way, you know, since uh, we, we came down from uh, the trees, right? We've, uh, we've interacted with other people, uh, face-to-face conversations. Um, but when we're interacting or engaging with the technology, up until now, we've always been doing it on the technology's terms, right? So if it used to be, um, um, you know, we, we talk about the, the evolution from textual user interface to, uh, which is, you know, uh, as a, as, a, as a child of the 80s, I remember, you know, the, the, those green screens where all you had is a command uh, um, line and, you know, you, you're typing in um, and that's the way you communicate. Then, you know, we evolved in, I guess, in the 80s, 90s uh, to GUI, the graphical user interface, which is which is basically what we're using now. It's mouse and keyboard and windows and uh, uh, um, drag and drop and scroll. Um, but that's still... Uh, communicating or interacting with uh, uh, computers, machines, uh, uh, anything digital on their terms or on its terms. Uh, what we believe is that, that you know, the technology is AI, uh, um, large language models, natural language processing, natural language understanding, really opens the door to a new way to interface with these devices um, and one that's more suited to us as, as, as people. Um, so we, we see TUI, Textual user interface, GUI, uh, graphical user interface into NUI. That's a natural user interface, and agents is kind of the first step towards that. Uh, we're, we, you know, we we really believe that um, we're going to be encountering this type of interface everywhere. It's whether it's on you know, your phone, your small screens, uh, whether it's your you know, big screen in the living room, whether it's uh, kiosks at the supermarket. Um, uh, you'll just be speaking to digital people, digital humans, avatars, um, everywhere you go. Yeah, I like I like this from Ben saying uh, it sounds cool, like an ideal, like an ideal version of you know Clippy from you know twenty years ago from uh, from my. Yeah, we can't we can't animate uh, um, uh, inanimate objects, but no. Uh, um, and yet, there's a question: when when is it going to be? Um, when is it going to be appropriate? Because you know. There are instances where it's natural and, and you want to be speaking to another person, uh, you know, uh, bouncing off their uh, expression, reaction, stuff like that. But sometimes, no, you just want it in your uh, uh, in your ear or you want it, you know, you want to type or, or you want it. So it's not suitable for all solutions, but we definitely think mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a step forward. Um, and, and think, you know, when you're connecting that avatar to different systems in the background, right? It's your operating mm-hmm. systems. It's your... Uh, uh, um, shopping experiences really you know, again we're, we're a platform company we're providing the the, the basic uh, uh, infrastructure to do that but uh, like we saw with the creator values you it's really difficult to predict uh, um, how users are gonna are gonna take advantage of it what kind of creative ideas they're gonna have with it and you know we're here looking at, uh, at what everybody is uh, is working building uh, it's an exciting time yeah. And um, hey, as a reminder, if you're joining us midway through the conversation, we have Ron Friedman, the head of content and creative marketing at DID. I'd say one of the most creative and unique uh, AI companies out there. Ron, I have a question. So when we um, like look at the actual application of this, you know, um, broadly, are there 
or concerns, you know, and, and, and I'm not talking like, you know, technical obstacles, you know, that, that maybe DID is facing as a company. But, you know, when we look at the, the, the larger issue of, you know, AI agents and, you know, being able to interact with something that feels human, I mean, are there uh, any things uh, that, that the industry has to keep an eye on in terms of, of ethics, in terms of, you know, use cases? Like, what are those, those areas that we should all still be uh, keeping in mind and not just racing to implement this, you know, anywhere and everywhere we can? Right. Well, yeah, of course, there's uh, um, ethical concerns. And I think everybody who's in the AI space is, is aware of that and, and should be at least. Um, you know, you started off the conversation, uh, the, the news today with uh, uh, the regulations coming out of uh, the Biden administration in, in Europe. And, uh, um, you know, I think the industry or the technology is, is so far ahead of the regulation um, that we, you know, in, in some ways we have to police ourselves or, or, or put the brakes on ourselves because the technology is, is so powerful. Um, and look, like, like every tool, um, you know, the, the, the product or the, the result is, is, is as good as, uh, you know, the person using it. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's not a, it's not a, a cop out or, or um, a line. I mean, we do take proactive steps to prevent uh, misuse. Um, you know, we have guardrails on preventing uploading images of uh, celebrities or politicians because you know we don't want we don't want to to, to be you know to be used for for nefarious purposes uh, or to, to fool anybody um, or, or to you, know, uh, you can you can imagine some of the uh, unwanted consequences of uh, these capabilities um, and you know we we we're, we're making sure that our users are abiding by our you know, pretty strict terms and conditions um, so as not to uh, misuse it. But, you know, anything that comes from um, either either kind of industry organizations, alliances, which we're a part of, or government, um, I think is really important. Um, I think people should be aware when they're uh, engaging with AI. So, for example, in DID, if every video that comes out has a watermark, uh, people complain about it. Say, hey, you know, I want to put out a great video, and you've got that DID logo, or you got an AI watermark on the bottom of the screen, and kind of, I don't want it. Um, for us, that's always going to be in place. We, you know, it's important for us to know that the, the, you know, the videos that are coming out of our studio uh, are branded or, or are marked as AI, so that again, it's not misleading. Um, there's a bunch of a bunch of steps that we're taking to kind of prevent misuse, uh, but you know. Things that come out from governments, from industry alliances, are, are, are very welcome. Yeah, that's that's a great point because we talked about on the uh, on the show yesterday. I think there was some uh, a piece of AI news that the former uh, Pakistan leader there was in prison yeah. and, and used uh, you know an AI version of of himself to have a have a rally, so to speak. So I'm glad you bring up that point because yeah, I think people are always thinking about when it comes to AI. You know things like uh, deep fakes or things like you, you know. Um, huge sure, we're coming into an election year in the states. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, and this and, is and the maybe, first one. With- yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, maybe Ron, I uh, because I think that there's so many 
like very practical business use cases for this technology, right? Like we talked about earlier, you know, explainer videos, you know, training, a way to make training a little more personable um, and, and maybe even having, you know, the person that's normally leading training, you know, leading it, you know, corporate communications. But maybe what are some more uh, creative or out of the box business use cases uh, that, that you all have seen so far that maybe you weren't necessarily building AI agents or avatars for that reason, but you're like, oh, that's that's pretty creative. That, that, that's really helpful. Well, look, the, the product is, is is very new. We launched it a, a few weeks ago. So uh, industries are, are tend to tend to uh, especially big enterprise tend to be slower to adopt. Um, but I can give you an example where, you know, we have a client that's a uh, um, uh, food uh, company. They specialize in uh, Mexican cuisine, um, and they, you know, they um, took an image of uh, the, the grandmother of the CEO, uh, and, and the, you know, people, folks can try it out. It's called Abuela AI, um, and basically they you know, trained that uh, uh, model on um, recipes and uh, uh, culinary uh, uh, expertise uh, uh, all around uh, uh, Mexican and Latin uh, American cuisine. Um, and that's it. You can ask Abuela, that uh, um, agent, uh, anything you want. What's, uh, what, what beverages go well? There we go. Uh, what beverages go well with, um, um, you know, my, my um, whatever my recipe is or, you know, what, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> okay. So for, <laughs> for everybody who's not viewing, Jordan is at, uh, on a well AI now. And he's asking what beverages go well with my Mexican recipe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to put there. Maybe with my <laughs> spicy taco recipe. Right. Okay. All right. Let's let's see this live. So so this is a really cool use case. So yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, on the left hand um, side there is the, press, the uh, yeah. abuela there, right? And then I'll be able to hit enter, um, and presumably, uh, you, you know, I guess it's going to talk to me, right? Yep. Interesting. Give her a second. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, I'm asking what beverages go well with my spicy taco recipe. Ah, for spicy taco, for a refreshing contrast, try a traditional Mexican beverage like a cold horchata or a crisp citrusy margarita. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and there hopefully everyone can hear that out there. But that was a really cool, uh, you know, uh, showcase in real time of, of something that you could use, you know, for a Mexican restaurant, if, if people want to really build community, right. Or to give their customers just a unique experience. That's, that's a great use case there. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside chat GPT, and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free prime prompt polish chat GPT course. That's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from chat GPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realize that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, um, and and I'm you know I'm sure we're going to be seeing uh, uh, this type of use case and and, and many more to come. Again, um, a lot of the times it's just putting a product out there, 
um, and letting letting um, you know the, the the business world or you know also also individual users kind of see the value and uh, uh, take it and adopt it to their own uh, purposes. Um, and like I said, I mean this is this is an exciting time. We're we're eager to see uh, what people make from it. We're like I said, we're still in uh, beta mode, so closed uh, um, um, limited release. Um, but pretty soon, uh, I anticipate we're going to be seeing a lot of these agents uh, everywhere. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of, you know, business use case, I'm looking at the time here and I'm like, hey, we can technically still still break a little news by a couple of minutes here, Ron, because uh, I, I do, yeah, I do believe you have a tool that you're going to be announcing in literally two minutes. Uh, so, so what's yeah. kind of launching today specifically with uh, emails? All right. So we're uh, DID and uh, partner company is called Living AI. Um, um, created a, a, a plugin, an integration with DID's technology that relies on uh, DID's API for sending uh, personalized video emails. Um, so if you're a business, you want to send an email to 100,000 uh, 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 different people, but you want it to be personalized. You want it to, to um, not just be you know, a, a, a single generic video. You want, hey, Jordan, this uh, message is for you or, or um, you know, if you're in X company, uh, uh, this is uh, the perfect solution. Um, so now with um, AI, um, you can create these uh, uh, video, uh, video, personalized videos that you can send by email and uh, you know, very simply can integrate with any uh, um, email service provider, um, send it out to as many uh, recipients as you want and it'll have that customization built in. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, fresh off the presses uh, for you. I'm glad. I'm glad we got it in just just a minute before the press release uh, press release was released, right? Like the old journalist, right? We're like, all right, let's 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 get this news out there, right? Uh, I, I I like this comment from uh, from Megan because this is something I wasn't even necessarily thinking of, but just a different way to learn. So Megan saying this could be great for young education, talking to historical figures you're learning about. Yeah, maybe Ron, talk. Can can you talk a little bit about that? Because you know, like you said. You can't upload photos of, you know, of a famous celebrity and something like that. But I'm guessing you can, you know, create, you know, maybe in Mid Journey or something like that, uh, kind of generic uh, era photos, you know, of, of certain eras in history, and then be be able to learn. What are some use cases for just learning by, you know, talking to uh, an agent? So education is, is you know, one of our favorite use cases. Um, so right now with the studio, even you can create. You know, videos. You can have ChatGPT generate uh, uh, a script. Uh, talking about uh, Charles Darwin, talking about uh, evolution, or Albert Einstein talking about relativity, or a fictional character. Right? Uh, I want uh, Bilbo Baggins to tell me the story of uh, the Hobbit through his own eyes. Um, so you generate a, a, a script. You can generate an image of uh, any one of those characters, and again, within uh, uh, you know, seconds, uh, we can have. Bilbo delivering his life story in uh, his his own image, first person. Um, but when it gets when you when you combine that with the capabilities of agents, it becomes even more interesting because you can take those same characters. I don't know. Um, well, let's stick with the Hobbit. Um, you know, you can upload the book or upload uh, any any uh, anything that was written documented about that character. Um, Again, create an avatar based on their design, and there you have it. Uh, Bilbo, you can go back and forth for as long as you want with 
Bilbo Baggins or Charles Darwin or um, historical figures, fictional characters. Um, so a great, great tool for, 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 for education and history. But, you know, you can create an, an agent of a, a physics professor or a, a, a law professor or a finance uh, uh, guru. Um, and, and you can go back and forth. It's kind of a, a, a force multiplier there. Yeah, Megan, that's that's a great comment because, um, you know, one thing that I think generative AI is extremely undervalued in is the ability to help you learn better, just kind of personalized micro learning. Uh, and I think that's a great example of that. Uh, one more one more here from the audience, you know, Andy just kind of joking around, you know, saying, hey, Jordan, it sounds like you can make a vacation or you can finally take a vacation. But, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, Ron, from a business standpoint, is this something that in theory, right, because everything we do now, it seems like, you know, we're in so many Zoom meetings and emails, but when you can create an, an agent and tie it into all of your data, isn't something like this kind of possible, right? Because you can give it training where you could have an AI agent version of yourself, you know, especially if you're constantly talking to teams, if you're presenting, it could do a big bulk of your work for you, correct? Sorry, Jordan, I seem to be uh, connection before. No worries, no worries. Yeah, we'll give uh, we'll give you a second to see if we can't reconnect. Um, yeah, so this is at least for me and and, and Ron. Feel free to jump back in if you're able to. Um, but I think that this is such a fun uh, use case, right? To be able to train uh, yourself, even right, uh, you, you know, with everything that that you talk about, you know, we have even for us, right? Like we have so many hours of of YouTube videos. We have, uh, you know hundreds of, of blog posts, you know, hundreds of newsletters that I've even personally written. Uh, so to be able to upload all of that um, and to make a, you know, essentially a, a large language model, but that can speak uh, in real time, that can look like myself, right? Ron, it, it seems like, uh, you know, if you're, if, if the connection is back here, it, Ron, it seems like that's such a great yeah. business use case. Um to, to, to be able to kind of replicate yourselves, or maybe you weren't able to give people personal attention before, you know, kind of the example of, you know, emails at scale, you know, I'm even thinking of, of you know, can that be done for your own internal employees, right? Like if if normally you can't give all your employees one-on-one -on -one attention, uh, is, is that a good use case for, uh, you know, agents uh, moving forward in the future? Um. Look, I, I'm not sure um, for one-on-one -on -one attention uh, how you'd feel if uh, um, your 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 CEO or your, your manager would uh, pawn you off to um, to a, to an agent. Uh, I think it's it's more about uh, gathering information. Um, I mean, a professor, right? Uh, uh, they can't they can't. Uh, um, speak to every single uh, uh, student in their 500 uh, person classroom, um, you know, so they can upload their course curriculum and kind of answer a lot of the the, the, the basic questions. Yeah, yeah. When's the assignment due? You know, uh, how, how's the grading work? Stuff like that, uh, you know, for a utilitarian uh, purpose. Um, but, you know, when it comes to external stuff, external communication, uh, external messaging, uh, I think it's a huge, huge time saver. I think uh, people are, are, are going to want to, you know, uh, uh, take the time. I mean, think about 
you can have a conversation with uh, a customer service agent, a technical support agent, and they're not on the clock. You know, they don't have to worry about you know uh, getting to the next call. Uh, they can you know patiently listen to your uh, uh, queries. Um, you can kind of introduce topics that, uh, uh, that that you couldn't before. They're available twenty four seven. You know, they're they're. They don't have. Uh, they're always uh, trained to be uh, pleasant and polite and patient. Um, I think that's that's probably the first places we're going to be seeing these. Mm. I love that. And, and, and Ron, as we wrap up here, because we've talked about so many different things uh, in today's show, you, you know, creative use cases, future products that are just getting uh, announced today, but maybe specifically, you know, what's the one thing that you want uh, people to, to know and understand uh, about this AI agent technology moving forward and specifically how it's going to impact customer experience? What's one thing that you think is important for people to know? Look, I think uh, like everything uh, in the AI world, it's super valuable to um, to experiment. Um, you know, where we I urge people to go uh, to the studio, um, try it out for themselves. There's a waiting list right now, but uh, we're going to be opening it up. Um, see see how to build one, um, what kind of uh, information uh, it needs, and then carry out a, a conversation with them. Um, yeah, in the, in this in this age of AI, you know, you say it often on the show. There's a new product coming out every day. Uh, there's, you know, kind of a world-shattering, mind-blowing uh, uh, innovation taking place at such a pace. Um, I think it's important that people um, try it out, uh, see if it works for them, l- imagine the use cases or, or the solutions they can uh, build with it. And um, a lot of the times, it's just uh, taking the plunge. Uh, combining it with other tools, uh, that's something we didn't mention, but you know that's something that, that, that should be happening, um, and, 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 and you know letting it loose on the world. I think uh, um, there, there shouldn't be much holding us back now. I love that. And hey, yeah, there, there is so much that we couldn't even get to. But uh, hey, that's that's why we have the, the newsletter. So, Ron, thank you so much for joining us on the Everyday AI Show. We appreciate your time. Have a good one. All right. And hey, everyone, as a reminder, there was so much we couldn't even get to. New products being released, all that. If you haven't already, please go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for that free daily newsletter. We'll have a lot more about some of uh, what DID is working on, their current products, what's coming out even today. We appreciate that. We hope to see you back tomorrow and every day with more Everyday AI. Thanks, y'all. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.